Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're telling a story and you know that something is inevitable, okay, whether it is, uh, whether it is the couple ends up together or the prisoner escapes or whatever, then because you know that that is inevitable, one of the best things you can do, and I think this probably exists in everybody's favorite movies, is they write their character into a corner in the opposite direction. This is episode 56 of the Arts Academy podcast, How to Develop Plot in a Story, hosted by Victor Ronato and Roxy Hayes. Uh, hey, welcome to the right. Arts Academy podcast, put on by the New York Alt Arts Academy. I am Dean Victor Bernardo. This is Deputy Headmistress Roxy Hayes. What we do here is we teach you everything about arts and entertainment that we possibly can. Ask us questions. We will hook you up with answers if we got them, and we usually do. You can find us at uh, artsacademypodcast.com or Alt Arts Academy on all social media. Let's get to it, shall we? Today, we're going to be covering two subjects. The first subject that we're going to be covering today is uh, how to develop a plot. Like if you're going to write a script or a novel or whatever, we're going to talk about how to develop a plot. And then after that, uh, Deputy Head Mistress Roxy Hayes is going to be talking about how to develop a, um, how to develop a uh, character. Uh, <laughs> I bet there's probably going to be a little bit of crossover because characters have arcs as we all know and arcs are what plots everybody yeah i know it's crazy (laughs) it's insane all right so let's get started shall we uh let's talk about how to develop a plot now here's uh before we get into exactly how to develop a plot i just want you to know that there are a thousand different ways to develop a plot. And there are thousands and thousands of ways to tell a good story. Uh, And I'm going to talk a lot about uh, rules of storytelling, but remember that there are no rules of storytelling. The rules are for when your story is not working or you need help or inspiration when the story is not working. Those were the rules of four. The rules are for like their guardrails. If you have a story that doesn't work, a lot of times people will write stories that just work and they may not make a hundred percent sense, but sometimes, sometimes stories just work. Uh, but rules are uh, for helping you, I think, figure out when a story is not working. All right. So let's talk about, some different ways of telling stories. Now, um, when I write stories, I have, I would say, tons of different ways of finding the plot. But the uh, way I think is easiest to describe plots is from top down. So, like, let's talk about broad strokes first, and then let's talk about the details because every story is is details. I think one of my favorite descriptions of stories is by Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut, uh, he, he has 
he did a lecture for like maybe 30 years called the shape of the story. Okay. And then he talked about the most common shapes of the stories because, uh, for instance, I, I, you can, you can have a character start with where their life is positive, where their life is uh, medium or where their life is negative. Okay. And, you know, positive, everything's going great. Medium. It's an average day negative. They're down in the dumps. All right. And then, uh, he pointed out three main story types that he believed. And they don't apply to everything, but they also kind of do apply to everything. Let's talk about those three main story types, okay? His first story type, is he, call, he calls it man in the hole, all right? Really easy to describe. Uh, it, man in the hole, it doesn't have to be about a man. It doesn't have to be about a, it doesn't have to be about a hole. Uh, those are his words. But basically, the idea of the story is somebody starts off, things are great, then they get into trouble, and then they get out of trouble. That's a basic story. That's the most popular basic story. And when you think about it, it can apply to so many things. Okay. Mm -hmm. so second, second type of story is uh, boy meets girl. All right. And it doesn't necessarily need, mean to, need to be boy meets girl. This could be girl meets robot. It could be uh, it could be uh, boy meets inspiration. It just basically means that somebody has some sort of gain. Uh, well, let's talk about it in boy meets girl uh, terms first. So it starts off in the middle. It's an average day. Then someone meets someone that is fantastic, and their life gets better it's great but then they lose that person and they're down in the dumps and then the rest of the story is them trying to fight their way back to that wonderful thing which they had sometimes getting it actually in most stories they get it and then so that story whereas the first story man in a hole starts off with people having a good time things get bad and then at the end they're having a good time again this story starts off people having a medium time things get to be a good time Things go into being a bad time, and then finally back to a good time again. Okay, that's the boy meets uh, boy meets girl story, but it could also be man meets inspiration. It could be uh, a scientist discovers something amazing, but oh no, what terrible things come with this amazing discovery? We have to get back to normalcy somehow. That could be the, that's the same type of story. Okay, uh, so we talked about uh, man in a hole, boy meets girl, and then. Uh, a third type of a story that he says exists out there greatly is uh, rags to riches or Cinderella. Okay. And then the Cinderella story is pretty simple. It starts off. Things are terrible. Okay. Things are terrible for Cinderella at the beginning of the story. And then Things get better when her fairy godmother shows up, whips out a whole bunch of magic, makes her life awesome, and she gets to go to the ball. But then the uh, clock strikes midnight, and she is out of the ball. She has to go back home. She's back to misery. Not as miserable as she was before at the start of the story, because she still has that memory of the good old time. She knows that she was once the bell of the ball. And then the rest of the story is her fighting her way back to good times, in which case she finally does have good times like the shoe fits and everything becomes great again. Okay. Those three says Kurt Vonnegut 
are the three basic shapes of stories. Whatever you're talking about, you're talking about a Star Wars, you're talking about Memento, you're talking about uh, your favorite novel, Gone with the Wind, whatever. Those are the three basic types of stories that they say exist. The thing that makes stories good, in my opinion, are the details. Okay, so how do you develop a plot? Why don't we why don't we do a little bit of plot development and I'll show you like the steps I might walk through. All right, so let's start out with a general idea. Let's let's get a general idea for a plot. And a general idea I think would be something like um uh something like a uh, boy and his dog run away from home. Okay? Aww. Well, yeah, that that's very sad, but it's just like a general idea for a plot. A boy and his dog run away from home. Let's start there. So how about this, uh, Roxy? I will start doing, I'll start asking myself the questions that I ask, and then okay. we'll help fill in this story. Okay. Here's, here's the first question I ask. A boy and his dog run away from home. Mm -hmm. Why do they run away? They run away because the parents are abusive. Okay, a boy and his dog run away from an abusive family. Okay, it's just, I mean, it's the reason for the, for the uh, story to take shape. All right, mm -hmm. so a, a boy and his dog run away from, from an abusive family. Okay, why was the family abusive? The dad was in a war, and he can't... PTSD. The dad yeah. has PTSD, also making the dad a sympathetic character. Yeah. Okay, that's actually interesting because <laughs> because the boy and his dog run away from home. The dad has PS PTSD, making him a symp sympathetic character. And mm -hmm. in my mind, like the more questions I answer like that, it actually mm -hmm. starts my mind working because then I'm thinking, oh, oh, so here we have a story arc where the boy runs away uh, because he doesn't understand his dad dad's ptsd maybe the maybe the abuse wasn't like a physical abuse but it was just like it was just like he hates his dad because he's so like uh withdrawn and then when they which is which is a kind of abuse for a kid and then he yeah. runs away with his dog and maybe that snaps the dad out of it and he dif he realizes that he's driven his son away that's one way the story could go or story could also so basically what all I'm doing is I'm just asking myself questions why 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 and then filling in those blanks. So right now we have like a basic story of a uh, which could be a father having come back from the war fears the violence inside him so withdraws himself from his son. Uh, his son doesn't understand his he his dog is his only friend. And one day he decides, you know what? Anything's better than this. He runs out into the world with his dog. His dad, uh, his dad, once finding out his son ran away the next day, realizes the folly of what he's been doing and goes after, goes after his son. We see simultaneous adventures, the adventures of the son and the dog out in the world and the adventures of the dad facing man-sized dangers to go find his son in this terrible world that they're in. Uh, okay, so that's just like a basic beginning of a story. Then I would like flesh it out. Like, what's the world like? Is it a cyberpunk world? Is it a regular world? What's the terrible dangers that the dad is facing? Is it, is it 
uh, he ran like he his son his son ran off and they're living in a dystopian future where you just cannot. What did that say on the screen? I, was <laughs> I like. Oh, you want to see it? Uh, I like it. Let's film it. <laughs> <laughs> like, in a dystopian future where uh, if you lose your child, Ooh. the whole family's put to death. Is Yo. that the son, <laughs> or is it, or? Or is it simply like the son has run away and he's worried about the son's safety and his search for safe and his search for trying to trying to get the son back and be safe is the catalyst which gets him to run in with people who the son has already outsmarted. So like maybe the son has outsmarted some local gangsters. And then when he shows up looking for the son, the gangsters are already pissed off and they are gonna they're chasing down the son and gonna take the dad down. Who knows? But that's only, got hands. Ooh, I like this story. But that's only one. That's only one per- particular version of that plot. We could answer that question a totally different way. Like, mm-hmm. uh, why did the why did the son run away from home with his with his dog? Because his parents, he realizes one day, aren't his parents anymore. Ooh. Okay, so he runs. He runs away. He's the first person that knows that aliens are invading the Earth. They're his parents, but nobody believes him. He's a kid. The only other person who can spot aliens is a dog because the dog has, you know, that type of sense. You know how dogs have like yeah, they know they know when something's not right. So he and his dog go out into the world. His dog is the one that can spot the aliens first, and he's trying to find people who can help him. But the but the infiltration of the aliens is much deeper than he thought. Almost every person he encounters, uh, it, his dog is flipping out about, like, that's an alien, that's an alien. So that's another, the, the, this is the same story, mm-hmm. uh, the same story seed, but by answering the questions in a different way can become a totally different story. Anyway, so whenever I'm developing a plot, all I do is answer questions in a creative way, and then those questions lead to more questions, which I also answer in a creative way, until finally I'm telling a whole story. I'm creating a whole world, and as I fill in those holes, that's how I can develop a plot for my story. Mm. Okay, but that is, that's just, that's just the broad strokes. We're talking, we're talking a synopsis. So, like, if you're writing a uh, uh, film, for instance, which is, which is, I think I write most of my stories as film, uh, and then I would say secondly I write cartoons, and then third I write prose. But I write most of my stories as film. So if you're writing a film, then you're going to go through stages. You're going to go through like a um, a synopsis. You're going to go through an outline, uh, and then you're going to go through a well, I mean, the outline is actually the the thing I usually do before a script, like a very, a very detailed outline. And before that, I'll probably do just like a synopsis. Like usually, I'll do like what we were just talking about is stuff at the synopsis level. And then mm-hmm. what I would do next is then I would, once I have the basic idea of what the story is, then I would delve into the characters. Okay, so like the characters of a story, uh, then then. I would determine like who is this kid? What what does uh, what drives him? What's the dog like? What drives the dog? What 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 drives the family? What drives the parents? Like I would start doing that exact same process, but with uh, characters instead of just the overall story plot, and then that will help me develop 
that'll help me develop the voice and the needs and or wants of the character. Uh, remember that there's a reason that you have to dig in and develop characters so like that because um, what you'll find the, the difference between an amateur script and a, and a professional script is usually in a professional script, uh, they can point to anything that's happening in the script and tell you why it's happening. Okay. Every line that somebody says, every, everything that, that is described, everything is there for a reason. It helps motivate your characters. It helps move things forward. It, it, it tells more about who the characters are by the way they tell a joke or the reason that they are scared of spiders might be a uh, part of their character. So when you, okay, so you've got your basic synopsis and then you've got your character descriptions written out. Okay. Next step is to write a, an outline. Okay. So an outline when you have your basic story, when you have your basic story and your synopsis, then you're going to go to your outline. What I do in an outline is, and by the way, can I say, I'm just speaking about what I do again. I just want to, to remind you, there's so many different ways you could, you could read, uh, save the cat. They have an outline for like how stories go. You, there's lots of, there's lots of outlines for novelizations, uh, like Dan Harmon's story circle. That's one that a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, stand by, but it, I mean, it works for Dan Harmon and it works for fans of Dan Harmon, but it's not the only way to tell a story. Although, uh, people would relate uh, his story circle to other stories that may not be the structure that the person who wrote those other stories used. Like someone could have used like a, a, a general five act structure, but it's still also stuff that fits in the five act structure can also fit in the story circle from Dan Harmon. There's crossover all the time. There's a million different ways to get to a story that works. So don't necessarily, don't think that what I say is gospel. In fact, don't think that what anybody says is gospel. Unless Jesus Christ himself, then maybe. Okay. If he's just rolling up being like, hey, this is how you write a story. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Jesus, I think you know a little bit. Also, water is now wine. Everybody <laughs> uh, So, so then, then, I like to separate in my story things uh, in the outline, things that are inevitable. Often things are inevitable, okay? For instance, um, boy meets girl, boy loses girl, what happens next? She Rocky. dies. <laughs> I'm trying to think, I'm like, what would happen to her? Um, no, oh, no. I'm saying in a typical story, boy meets oh, okay. girl, boy in loses girl, what happens next? Um, 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 how does that story end? He, they Most get to get, the oh, they get married at the end or they get yeah, back they together get or they get, yeah. Right. That's the inevitable thing. So like in a lot of stories, there are a lot of things that are ine inevitable. In fact, you go to a lot of movies where you don't, I mean, you're not surprised that it has a happy ending. Okay. You go to mm -hmm. see most blockbuster movies you're not going to be surprised that they have a happy ending. You know they're going to have a happy ending. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you when you're going to see um, when you're going to see like uh, 
the uh, the the Avengers. What was the last one called? Endgame. The one where they fought Thanos. What, what was the subtitle? In uh, game, right? Yeah. When you're going to see Avengers Endgame, you know there's going to be a happy ending. Okay. There's no doubt in your mind that it's going to be a happy ending. Well, what? relatively was happy. I mean, they defeated him. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> so then because that exists in so many stories, where's the joy of storytelling? Hmm. It's the middle. It's the journey. It's what's going to get the ending. Yeah. I mean, sort of, I, I think is what I, what, how I would answer that same question is it is, um, I, I guess you're, we're talking about the same thing. Cause I would say it's in the telling. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, and here is, I mean, we don't, we don't have a, a lot of time left in this episode. We've got about five minutes, but I will say that, uh, here is one of the most useful things that I learned from writing. Okay. So when you're telling a story and you know that something is inevitable, okay, whether it is, uh, whether it is the couple ends up together or the prisoner escapes or whatever, then because you know that that is inevitable, one of the best things you can do, and I think this probably exists in everybody's favorite movies is, uh, and this is a trick that a lot of, uh, a lot of writers use is they write their character into a corner in the opposite direction mm -hmm. okay they take away hope as completely as they can and then they figure out how to get the character out of that without doing a without doing a, a deus ex machina Ugh. <laughs> what <laughs> I, just, I hate when they do that in movies it's like oh here's a thing to solve all your problems it's like so all that time i invested in this movie oh yeah i, I hate it <laughs> Everybody was so mad at the the um, I think Mass Effect three. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. ending where it's like, oh, by the way, everything you work for it's going to be solved by this magic boy that you've never seen before. <laughs> like what? <laughs> this <laughs> the entire time. So, but but yeah, that's one of the things. One of the things that uh, writers will do is they'll write their characters into a corner and then get him out so like like the right right to a position where the love can never be resolved between the lovers or right to a position where the the odds are so overwhelming that they'll never survive the attack figure it figure it out and then figure out a way using what's already been established to make it work but here's a trick of the deus ex machina you can write a story in your first draft and then throw it in a deus ex machina. But then in your second draft, you go back and you give that a reason for being there. Uh, mm -hmm. and you can you can hint at it and lead up to it. So I love you that. Will make it work. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's actually the thing about writing is like getting through your first draft. You, I mean, people are so obsess obsessed with their first draft not being trash that people have a problem generating it but no your first draft should be trash you should look at your first draft and be like this is terrible let me fix it because you can always do that when you're looking at other people's work you're looking at other people's work and you're like oh they should have done a b and c so that's what your first draft is is just to get the general idea down on paper 
so that then you can rewrite from there. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, but uh, again, sure. the most the most useful thing they say true, uh -huh. true. The most useful thing uh, that I think that I have learned is just when something is inevitable, just go for the opposite direction as much as possible. And that doesn't just mean in that doesn't just mean in the overall plot. That means in scenes too, mm -hmm. in character arcs. Just remember that that if someone's going to be the greatest hero, like write them as the most dastardly villain or the most cowardly coward until they finally find their hero heroism. Or if someone is going, or if you're writing a scene where uh, people are supposed to find the treasure in that scene, then write the scene where they have no chance of finding the treasure, where they lose themselves, where they fall off the island and they're in the water so they can't find the treasure. They they feel like they have no chance. Like in in all cases, as soon as you decide what needs to happen in the script or what needs to happen in your story, try writing the other, other direction. That's probably going to help you quite a bit. So if anybody has any specific questions, now's the time to ask them. Um, and so, I, I actually, I'm not even wearing my reading glasses, so you should read oh, that to me. Some car. people go with the first draft and begin to shoot it. Tyler Perry. It doesn't say Tyler Perry, but I'm adding that in there because <laughs> that is what Tyler Perry does, and that's why those movies tend to lack substance. And I'm not just trying to roast on Tyler Perry, but he even said it. He's like, I, I just write it in 12 hours, and then I shoot it. So that's why, like, a lot of those movies, there's plot holes, and there's stuff that doesn't make sense, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tyler, Perry. Tyler Perry has his own thing going on and, and <laughs> gonna say to Tyler I mean there's a certain audience that love Tyler Perry like loves Tyler Perry movies and it's like the same type of audience that love like at every Adam Sandler movie there's a certain type of audience that loves a certain type of thing what are you gonna do about it <laughs> yeah no, gotta it is what it's it is. <laughs> yeah it's just you know yeah. but yeah. you don't do that I know like we said there's not rules, but no, don't do that. Like try to try to make it make sense. We have another one. My group wrote a pilot and we're looking for an agent. Any advice? Uh yes, I do have some advice if you're looking for an agent. Uh if you wrote a pilot, then you need to be able to present your pilot in a professional manner. So you should look at what a pilot pitch looks like. Uh before you start searching for an agent and actually it might also be a good idea to like shoot something to have something that to have something that sells the idea that's video because video is so easy to make nowadays everybody has a video camera on their phone or whatever then then people are expecting it now as part of your pitch in the industry mm -hmm. like even even uh when uh, eric andre pitched his show originally he actually did it with like just super, super cheap on very cheap video cameras. And that's how he pitched his show, like by just cobbling it together. And so if you've got a great script and uh, let's hope it's great. And also let's hope it's um, let's hope you've done everything that you need to do to make sure it's professional, including like spell check, <laughs> grammar, uh, correct format, uh, all that stuff. Uh, and then if you've got video and then a proper pitch deck, looking looking up pilot pitch deck and 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 Bibles, because a 
pitching for a pilot is not just pitching for that episode. They want to know, like, how's this going to be as a show? If it's a pilot, then they want to know, like, do you know where this show's going? Does it is it is it going to work for several seasons? Those are also questions that you have to be ready to answer and think about. Uh, but usually uh, that if you want to get an agent, uh, then I would say then I would say try something like a pilot competition. If your pilot is actually that good, you can win or at least get an honorable mention that will usually get people to start noticing your work. Because the thing about approaching an agent is if someone doesn't present you to the agent, then the agent is not going to want to see people from straight off the street because they want to weed through anybody that's terrible. If, if you approach in a way that anybody can approach, then they, you're, they will probably give you like less attention because they don't want to have to weed their way through terrible work. Not saying that your work is terrible, but they don't know that. So they're not going to read every script that comes through their door, just like off the street. Um, okay, great. I hope uh, I answered your question. Yes. Uh, any info on getting grant money? Um, yes, there's tons of info on getting grant money. Uh, a place that you can start is a website called Submittable, where a lot of grants actually put their information on on this on this website. And then the website gathers them all. So you can actually just like look through all of them and uh, submit to them. And then when you do, uh, remember to really take your time and write something that is personal when you're submitting. Because they can tell uh, if you are writing a general idea about what you want money for. And then copy and pasting and sending it off to a bunch of different people be specific look at who they've given grants to before mention it like let them know that you've done your work because they don't want to give money to somebody who doesn't do their work so that'll help you out a lot all right and uh are there any more questions or are we good for it? thank you so much from joan oh you're very very welcome okay so if you're watching right now, we're just going to switch subjects. Basically, what we do when we're live is we do two episodes back to back, and then we release those episodes. So I'm going to end up this episode, and we're going to start the next episode. Uh, so uh, if you like what you see here, please check us out at artsacademypodcast.com. And you can see us on Alt Arts Academy on all social media. Please hit us up. Send us messages. We love to answer questions. It's our favorite thing to do. Well, yeah. it's my favorite thing to do. And yeah, I can't I like tell it. you what Roxy's is. <laughs> right. What? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.